0: Welcome, Welcome to, to Top, Top Shelf, Shelf Talks. Talks. Opinions, from this Opinions on this podcast are those of the host, of their the host only. and their information on this podcast only. Should be taken for only. Information provided on this podcast advice. should not be taken for legal or tax or investment advice. Welcome back to Top Shelf Talks. I'm Chris Gingler. Today, this is our third cast of twenty twenty three, and we're going to kind of throw a little spin on this one today and talk about the petrodollar. Uh, Probably a lot of listeners don't know what the petrodollar is, so we're going to start out talking about the petrodollar, and let's first see how Tom's doing today there in the great state of Ohio.
1: pretty good, man. Weather appears great. It's like textbook uh, March day there in Florida.
0: Spring day in Columbus, Ohio is always good.
1: 78 Shoot. degrees, man, and not a cloud so,
0: in the sky. Wow. We got storms yeah. brewing here, but they've been talking about it. I am already got my first notification on my email about preparing for hurricane season. So petrodollars. I did a little bit of research when we were talking about this earlier in the week. We're going to do a little education on the petrodollars. So the petrodollar was started back in OPEC in the oil embargo days, which had been 1973. I was just a little guy like you, but I remember my dad talking a lot about the oil embargo, and I remember we had to go to the gas station on certain days of the week because our license plate ended in a certain number, and the gas jumped from you know, 25, 30 cents a gallon up to over a dollar. We look back at those days and real estate, scratching our heads, long lines at the gas station, et cetera. But during that time period, it's my understanding that the OPEC and the United States government, which I believe was under Richard Nixon at the time, created this petrodollar. And that petrodollar basically said that any oil that was exchanged in the world had to be exchanged in U.S. dollars.
1: From what I'm reading, yeah, I mean, it, it's oil is always priced the U.S. dollar. Whenever you're selling, all of a sudden these countries found because you got relatively small populations here, and they're exporting a lot of oil, and they're receiving all these surplus dollars. I mean, they're not spending the money that they're receiving, so they end up with this surplus. Right. And this surplus is what then was was known as the petrodollar. Oil's always kind of been stuck priced in the dollar. So whenever these other countries are going to buy oil. They have to then go through that conversion. They have to convert their currency to the dollar to figure out how much that oil is going to cost them. Part of the problem. What we're hearing now, though, is China and Russia and these countries are agreeing. They're kind of agreeing to their own Bitcoin for oil, in essence. Basically, its own currency to price the oil in so they don't ever have to convert to the U.S. dollar. Right. Or use the US dollar for conversion. That's really what they're trying to do. That then does though, you gotta understand there's all this money that these countries weren't using. So where's that money sit? It sits in Western banks. Yes. And all the central banks then have all this extra money and all this extra dollars floating in the money money supply. Yeah. If all of a sudden now what's the risk if they start using these petrol dollars, well there'll be less reserves in these central banks, which in my opinion will mean there's less dollar. And if we follow simple economics 101, anytime you shrink the supply, if there's a strong demand, you're going to raise the price. So I think the dollar is going to continue to go up in value as that money supply shrinks, which will lead to higher borrowing costs and potentially more inflation.
0: These countries that are smaller, have their own currency. And it's my understanding that the central banks that you talk about that are holding these large amounts of dollars are probably purchasing U S securities bonds. The government will have a struggle in in selling the bonds, So there's a huge amount of money supply coming off the market because they're not going to be converting those currencies to U S dollar and then back to their currencies as they use them. Instead, they're going to go right to let's say Saudi Arabia to Russia and, and just do that in their currencies as a normal transaction. Right.
1: I think it better diver- helps them better diversify. I mean, they're not stuck to the dollar. They're not stuck to interest rate risk.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, you know, if you've got all this extra money, what do you do with it? Right. You're getting nothing at the bank. So you buy the 10 year treasury. Right.
0: Right. And I saw some news lines that said that's already happening. Obviously Russia and China hit the, hit the uh, front page news, but I also saw that Brazil and Venezuela, are now connecting with European governments to do a direct from the Venezuelan and Brazil oil reserves, exchanging those directly into euros and vice versa. So it's happening. It's I don't think it's really taken off, but it's happening. Radicals out there are saying is if this happens, then like you said, interest rates are going to skyrocket, inflation's going to skyrocket. We're not going to be able to maintain any uh dollar value it's really the reverse right your shrinkage of the dollar and then all of a sudden now there's not that many dollars out there cuz these reserves are that
1: yeah but i think it's it's interesting right so why the us dollar why the us dollar in the past because capitalism our country yeah. property rights it, it was the safest currency right our tax base is, is is you know is the safest which supports that dollar right but now, as other countries come along, like the euro, that's proven to be stable. Some of these other smaller countries that have continued to print more mm-hmm. and more and more, you know, um, and their paper's not worth anything, nobody wants that currency. So, you know, by design, the United States was the best currency to have. Right. I'm surprised that this didn't happen sooner. Well, but with technology and with Bitcoin and the euro. There's no reason you should have to go from the dollar to the euro to the oil. Why can't you just convert directly to it? And I think that's probably what they're trying to get to with the petrodollar. Now, the thing with our dollar being more expensive, it makes our exports more expensive to other countries.
0: Yeah,
1: I think it's all a wash. I think it's all going to balance itself out.
0: I know we usually don't talk politics here. It's kind of an unwritten rule. From a geopolitical standpoint, You think that's going to put a lot of more pressure on the geopolitical side?
1: I don't think they understand how it's going to work yet.
0: Geopolitical, it's like everybody's kind of like, well, we'll just wait and see then, right?
1: I think so. I don't, because there's, you've heard about it, but there's not anybody really covering it in the news. I mean, The Economist wrote an article about it, and essentially their main comment was, you know, all these oil exporters have all these dollars sitting in the banks they don't know what to do with. Right. If you go to the petrol dollar, those dollars aren't going to be – they're not going to be sitting as U.S. dollars anymore. They're going to be sitting somewhere. somewhere.
0: For some other currency.
1: But let's talk about Bitcoin for a second in energy, okay? Yeah. This is the one area where I saw Bitcoin interesting wealth storage device. To mine a Bitcoin, it takes an, a, a tremendous amount of energy. To all the computing. Oh, okay. Because it's all about. <laughs> you took me a second
0: there. I didn't mind. What, if I get it, gold or what?
1: <laughs> no, it's like billions of computer transactions. Right, right. That create this Bitcoin. Right. Okay. Once you've done so many of these, the more you can do, the more the more Bitcoins you can do. But imagine having these supercomputers doing all these transactions. Take a lot of energy. Energy to run them, but also energy to keep them cool. Yeah. It's the one way for you to store energy in wealth. It's a better example. Natural gas. I've got natural gas, and there's some places where they just burn off the natural gas because they have so much of it. Right, okay? Yeah. But what if I take that extra natural gas that I'm normally burning off, not getting anything for, but what if I use that natural gas to power those computers, and all that natural gas instead of being wasted is being used as energy and creates a bitcoin. Oh. <laughs> so do you see how that yeah, that yeah. wasted energy is now being it's a way to store value on energy that normally would be wasted. It's right. kind of a yep. cool concept when you think of bitcoin that way.
0: Yeah.
1: But bitcoin at the end of the day it's just it's just a currency and and it's supply demand if all of a sudden a lot more people want to start using Bitcoin and there's a lot and there's very few because they control the supply, right? the value is going to go up. If a lot of people don't want to use Bitcoin and decide they don't need it, then the value is going to go down. But it's it doesn't have an intrinsic value.
0: The Bitcoin, we're going to do another one on crypto, another podcast on crypto. I guess the listeners out there, when it comes to investing, what key things should investors look at out there right now when it comes to petrodollar and some of this news, if the news is out there, what should investors look for to keep them informed on what's happening with these different currencies? Or does it even really matter to the average investor? The way
1: I looked at it this way, if I, I don't think it matters to the average investor, Okay. it really doesn't. You know, if you're in a diversified portfolio and you've got professional money managers you know they're gonna they're gonna be on top of this. They're gonna figure out where to go. Right. But at the end of the day, too, if you're planning on retiring in the United States, you, you know you're gonna be using a U.S. dollar. I don't <laughs> think it matters now. If right. you plan on retiring and you want to go overseas to Europe, it might it might matter if all of a sudden your you know your Social Security and your stuff that's coming out in dollars is cut in half because the currency isn't worth as much. Right. Well, that may affect your travel plans or. <laughs> And once again, I don't think you have to worry because our property rights, our system's not perfect, but it's probably the best. I was like to joke. it's the cleanest dirty shirt in the world, right. We have patent protection. we have property rights, you know we, all of those things make us a really safe place, right? and a place where you want to keep your money or do you want to keep it in Russia or China where the government can say, yeah, now that's ours.
0: yeah, yeah, sorry. But yeah. we want that so for the average investor overall, they probably don't need to worry about this this is more for informational
1: i think I think what would happen in this case as i as I think about this so if the petrol dollars leave that means there's there's less dollars yeah which which means initially the fed borrowing costs may go up yeah but I think then what ends up happening is they will probably print more dollars yeah which will then weaken the dollar
0: yeah and that's where the problem starts yeah
1: like I said, I wouldn't worry too much about it right now. Stick to your plan yep. and go from there.
0: All right, well, we'll wrap things up for this week. Uh, appreciate it as always. And um, Sounds good, right. my friend. Take care. Take care. Thanks, everybody.
1: All right, all right bye-bye.